Good morning, hockey fans, and welcome back to another edition of RinkWise, New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Joining us remotely today via Zoom are Olivia Soares and Nina Rogers. Olivia is currently the assistant coach of Union Women's Hockey, and Nina is currently the assistant coach of Dartmouth Women's Hockey. Ladies, thanks so much for joining us on RinkWise today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're excited, of course, and how could we not have you join us on the podcast, of course. You were recently just featured in our New England Hockey Journal magazine and have made history of your own, you know, as we continue to see just, I think, new progressions on the girls game. And both of you were recently the first black female coaches to ever coach in Division I women's hockey. And I'm, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of great feedback. And how has that been for you this season? Um, it's been awesome. There's nothing like coaching beside another young black woman in, in our game and like just recognizing that this game and like the culture that surrounds the sport, I won't say it's the sport, isn't always welcoming to people who look like us. And so seeing us in like places of leadership and then doing it together, no longer alone, it makes it all all the all the more better. Yeah, I think looking back, even on like when we we're younger and sort of some of our experiences there and then we're playing and you get to look across the bench and see someone who looks just like you and can be surrounded by that environment that should be in every rink in every arena that it's just welcoming it's a game for everyone and just to enjoy it in that aspect but we hope that that it was an opportunity to just use our platform to continue to grow the game of course someone always has to be the first to to accomplish something for the first time and of course, both of you just incredibly successful careers and simply, I'm sure, just doing what you normally do. And that's working hard and excelling in the field that you love and that you're passionate about. And how amazing that that has been able to translate into a college coaching career. And again, just wonderful that someone always has to be the first to do something and, and that it could be you both. And how fortunate we are to have you both join us here today. Olivia, how's how's the season been going so far at Union? It's good. It's it's been fun jumping in. I think getting at the beginning of the season, just every day, I get into work and get into enjoy the process, do the skills, do the video, enjoy developing as student athletes. I think they're going through that process now, and it's just been fun to coach. I think we learn as much from them as they do from us, hopefully. But it's been fantastic. I think I have so much to learn, and so every day, just trying to be a consistent, consistent coach for them, consistent energy, consistent feedback, just try to be a constant influence on them when I can be. But it's been great so far. No complaints, that's for sure. Oh, that's great. And of course, we joked just before the, the show started, you're, you're both you much younger than me, so fresher on the, the coming out of the girls game on the college side. And I'm sure it's wonderful for them to also have someone who's played at such a high level and fairly recently to be able to bring that perspective now to the coaching scene with them? Yeah, it, it's fun to share with them. I think I, I share and hesitate sometimes too because everyone's experience is going to be different. And I think the paths that we had while we were playing might not be the same as their path, but I think there's bits and pieces you can always pull from. And certainly I want to tell them the things that I learned that hopefully I can save them from some late nights of homework <laughs> with some time management or some things here and there, but I think it's it, it's good for them. And I think for me as well to reflect back on, on some of my experiences there. Oh, for sure. And yeah, it seems like every year that the game is changing. Look, it's better almost every single year right before our eyes. And, you know, I know we were just discussing, of course, Liz Keedy working with her. She, she just recently was with Team USA U18 and 
How has your experience been so far with Dartmouth? It's been awesome. There's a lot to learn and just having fun and having a, a younger head coach just to learn from. And like, she's a boss woman. So just having fun, working hard and just learning as we go every day. But it's been a, been a real treat. And both you guys, it's great because having great seasons so far. I know every year that we, we go into coaching, we want to do better and better, but it's, it's really awesome. And just how exciting. I mean, Division One, how good it is now and how competitive it is. And just to, once you finish playing, you both played at a high level to now be able to be in that same competitive environment day in and day out must be just so awesome to, to experience that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I think as a coach, I take more pride in like the little wins more than I probably did as a, as a player. I grew to learn that as I grew up. So it's a lot of fun. It, it is hard sometimes like when things don't go our way, but there's so much more to learn from hockey than the wins and losses. And I think you just got to keep taking those little wins every day and build off of them. So then we hopefully do showing up on the record. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. And that's a good, I think, segue into getting into both of your backgrounds a little bit, because we certainly, any any guests that we have on the show, we love to just learn about them and their path and a little bit more about their background. And why don't you kind of kind of walk us through a little bit more your upbringing with hockey, how you also transitioned into coaching college? Um, I grew up in Minnesota and played like youth hockey there. And then I also moved with my mom and my sister out to California when I was seven and was there until like I was 14. So I lived in Minnesota, played Minnesota hockey, went to California, was from there, and then ended up transferring leaving and going to Naha for a year. So I've been all over the place. Anywhere you think someone's played, I've probably been there, played them. So it's really fun. But it was really cool just to see the different parts of hockey and trying to like pick bits and pieces up from each type of different game. And then I ended up playing high school in Minnesota, coming back to like the home base and just learning a lot from there. But it's been a lot of fun and learned a lot. But it's just, it's really cool just taking everything I've learned from each and every part I've been in and like just like now I'm like my full person and I've taken each and bits pieces from everywhere. That's great. That's actually pretty interesting. And I'm sure we can go into a whole bunch of different topics on that because just different parts of the country is also so different. So that's really pretty cool that you got to experience that. And I'm actually a Naha alum myself. Oh, so yeah. way back. So way back, we were in Stowe, Vermont back when I went. Yeah, when I was, same. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Not, not many people like remember that. It, that's where it started. Like it was, we definitely didn't have like the bells and the whistles that the program has now. Yeah. We were like in a. Yeah, they got it made. Oh yeah. We did too. <laughs> yeah. We roughed it. Like we were like in a, in a rundown, like ski lodge, I think. It oh was, yeah. But we yeah. loved it. We wouldn't have had it any other way. Nope. I, I, when they moved it and like switched it, not from Boston, but like when they moved it up in Stowe still, I was like, no, it's not the same. No, no. <laughs> Bring me back. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and I want to actually come, I'm going to come back to you in a second. Cause I do want to talk a little bit more about just the different parts of the country and hockey, but Olivia, let's go to you. I want to get your background. Phyllis, and I know you played at Ohio state, just a big time division one women's hockey program. So let's Walk back a little bit, your upbringing with hockey and how you ended up here. Yep. I grew up around New so I played just town hockey, getting started, and then learned what club hockey was. Like, I had no idea. My family had no idea. I had no idea how anything worked. Started talking to some prep school coaches, so I ended up going to St. George's in Newport, Rhode Island, and playing for the Bay State Breakers growing up, and then everything just kind of happened from there, the recruiting process. And like you said, ended up at Ohio State and loved it there. That's awesome. 
So you're a New England product. And, you know, you've kind of experienced a little bit of everything, New England, yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. So that's that's pretty cool. We can definitely get into several different topics with that. But Olivia, so when did you transition to start? What age were you when you transitioned to playing select hockey versus town hockey? I started playing around fourth grade. And then I want to say it was a couple years after that that I learned that there were like club hockey teams around the area in New England and just went to tryouts and hope for the best. I like, again, my family had really no idea. We were just kind of going like it was another opportunity to skate. And then we'd check the website and see if, if I was on the team, which was kind of fun having no idea and just kind of going through it that way. But I would say a couple of years after I started, I started in fourth grade, maybe like two or three years after that. That's great. Yeah. And I almost asked that facetiously just because now, of course, the process is just, it seems so intense with starting at a much younger age with kids. So it's it's kind of refreshing a little bit to talk to people that it wasn't, it's not like you were three years old and had to play select hockey. It was kind of just the process. And and like I said, now I feel like at times the there's a lot of pressure and a lot more demanding. I'm sure you see it from from the college side. You just kids, they're, they're skating like 12 months of the year and things like that. What, what, what are your thoughts on some of that stuff? that you see? I think it's, it's, you have to find the balance. And I think that's something that you have to find in college as well is the balance you want to stay. You want to love the game. You want to have the passion all the time. And certainly there's times where you're going to feel like you can be at the rink every day and have that. And then for some people, it might fade off. It might come in ebbs and flows and you might need to break, reset, go hang out with your family for, for a weekend. So I think just pushing it when you're younger, I think just give yourself that time to try try different sports. Go do something else along with playing hockey. Get a little bit of everything because when you do get to college, depending on what level you're playing at, at the, at the Division One level, it's going to be just that. And that's going to be what you're doing every day. So I think if you wire that down when you're younger, you're kind of getting to that a little early. Um, everyone has a different experience. So I think I, I'm sure there's some younger players now that are doing that. But I think you have to try everything. Why not? While you're younger, like go try different sports, go try different things, hang out with your family, go ski, go, go do all the fun stuff. And then when it narrows down, you'll be ready for that time. Yeah, that's, that's great advice for sure. As, as you progress through the ladder with the competitive hockey, there's, there's plenty of time where you're just going to do hockey. So why not enjoy the process along the way, right? And Nina, with, with your youth career, did you also do different activities and multiple sports and things like that as well? Yeah, I like to say like I probably played every sport it, to like imagine like it's happening as in the youth age. Like for kids, I played like flag football, softball, was really into softball with my older sister played basketball up until I was in high school like it was like basketball and hockey were my top two I know I'm not tall but like I had some hands just a little bit but yeah I had to pick between because they were the same season like when you got down to real like real basketball but played AAU growing up it was a lot of fun but yeah like I wouldn't be the hockey player I was if I didn't play any other sport yeah yeah no that's hey I I played basketball too so I feel, I feel you. That was a great sport. I wish it wasn't the same season. So could have had more right. time for both. I'm not that tall either. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, we got to run. Yes. <laughs> prove, prove people wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's wonderful. And so talk about how your process occurred when you were youth career to Naha to college. So how did that all happen for you? 
Yeah. Well, it was really about like the access to the ice for me. Like when I was living out in California, like my mom was a superwoman. Like she was a teacher. So got out of class at three o'clock. And if I could pull her out there by 3.30, it was like a miracle. And then we drive all the way to Anaheim when we lived like closer to San Diego. So it was like an hour and a half drive with no traffic every day to practice. And so sometimes it'd end up being three hours just because of traffic. And I'd get there late, but I'd be like already dressed in the car and like running in and getting my 30 minutes of vice. Like that's when like I, my mom knew that like I loved the game because she was like, why do you want to play this? It's cold and it smells like, and she didn't know much about it either. She just brought it, brought me to it. So it was a lot of fun, but it was very hard, like the access to the sport. And so like, that's what pushed me to kind of go to Nahar and thankfully like had people support me and like was able to do that for a year and then ended up moving, having to move back to Minnesota and live with my grandmother just to have more access and not have to pay so much for the sport. And so I went through my high school and everything like that. So it it wasn't easy. And like, I wouldn't again be anywhere I am today without my mom who like took those sacrifices and she like, and my grandmother, like they're my MVPs. So it's all about like what they did for me to just allow me to play any sport, but let alone especially hockey. And so like, it wasn't easy, but oh. Well, thanks to them. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Want to improve your hockey skills? Join the pros and try Sense Arena Hockey, a VR training tool available for both players and goalies. Elevate your game by improving your decision-making read and react skills. Train in-game scenario reps with Sense Arena to improve your hockey IQ. Reaction time, puck tracking ability, use of peripheral vision, anytime, anywhere. Play and train in over 500 different game-like scenarios. Don't miss our holiday deal. Save over $500 and get the MetaQuest 2 for free with the purchase of an annual plan. To take advantage of this offer, visit hockey.sensearena.com. That's hockey.sensearena.com. Sense Arena Hockey, training the next generation. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. It's interesting listening to both of you because really in your families, was there really anyone else that did hockey? Like it seemed like you kind of just both got into it and you didn't really have anybody else in your family that was doing it at the time. Yeah. I mean, my sister played for like two years. It was like her high school like or middle school. I'm going to try this out. And I, I was not of the age to play yet in Minnesota. So I was like, I want to play this. And I was like, got to wait till you're five. And so I turned five in April. That's my birthday. And it wasn't hockey season. So I bawled my eyes out when my mom was like, no, you just, and it's not the time. 
but like I think it's a blessing in disguise like having someone who was kind of outside of hockey and like just allowing me to support me just like have fun and like not be that like that that demanding force like she allowed me to find my passion and like if I wanted to get better if I wanted to work like it was up to me it wasn't her pushing to do anything she just kept providing me more and more opportunities to get better for sure yeah and that seems so important right I mean as you both know to play at a high level that internal drive really needs to be there right because just the the amount of time dedication that it really takes to get to that level right if it's not really coming from you then it's just almost impossible right to to get there and Olivia in your youth career how did you get into hockey did you have anybody in your family that played like how did that kind of happen for you no one in my family played I had a friend who he played hockey I was hanging out at his house with his family and he had practice that night. And so I went to the practice. My parents were going to pick me up from there. And it was the first time I'd really seen hockey. Like I'd seen ice skating and everything. But it was the first time I saw a hockey practice. And his dad came up to the door and sprayed up snow. And it was instant. I was like, that's that's what I want to do. And then I think I just, my family, my sister skated. I used to go with her on her Friday night free skates with all of her friends. And it was little me four years younger skating around full speed with a helmet on. I'm sure I was ruining her <laughs> social life there, but no one, we didn't know anything about it. I just, I played basketball at the time, similar to Nina, and I dropped basketball without any questions, any thoughts, and just said, can I please have hockey gear? And so my parents, my mom, like pulled the gear from some of her friends, just old used stuff, and went to my first skating lesson and I was running on the ice but I loved it I had no idea how to skate I was just full full stride sprinting like I was running on regular ground down and back and I loved it I thought I was doing something I wasn't but I, I enjoyed it so that's, never you kind of never look back after that oh that's awesome yeah well it's a good thing you had the helmet on right at that age just kind of like bombing around the ice everywhere and I'm sure you, you and your family have some good laughs about it now and how it all started and I'm sure your parents are like you want to play what yeah. Yeah. That was hockey? definitely the reaction. I actually, I think they asked, I'm pretty sure I asked them for goalie gear because oh boy. Of my friends, they would play the street hockey. And of course I was like one of the only girls. So they tossed me in the goalie gear. Of um, course. Yeah. And yes, definitely. And so then I, so then I asked them for it and they didn't know any better. So they got player gear, but I thank them for that every day because I don't think I would have been, been remotely a good goalie in any way. So it all worked out. Oh, that's great. And so when you guys transition from playing into coaching, so of course, getting into the division one level usually doesn't just happen, right? So Nina, why don't you talk a little bit about your coaching career and just kind of what you've done over the last few years? And I know you also, after college, played professionally for a little bit. And how did you end up essentially coaching at the division one level that you're at right now? Yeah. After I graduated from BU, I took a year and played for the whale where I was just like, literally like, I'm just going to play hockey because I want to didn't make much money. But here I was, I was living at another BU alone house, 300 bucks. But then I was just teaching, like learn to skate at a, like a little mini rink and then some skills for like young kids. So it was just a lot of fun. But like all throughout my college career, I'd always go back to Minnesota and OS hockey. So when he broke Brown, runs that program out there and like it was I had so much fun I loved being who I looked up to as when I was playing and going through all that Minnesota stuff so that was so so much fun and then went back moved back to Minnesota played for the Whitecaps and then kind of took like a, a more demanding role from OS and was like a, a head instructor 
did some behind the scenes work and then like ran some like elite leagues and prospects. So all the things that like the top Minnesota prospects do, I was one of like their top instructor instructors and then like helped out like behind the scenes for all their tournaments. Like that's where I was like, I love this and like I want to move forward with this and it could actually be a career. Sometimes we forget that like this can be something you can do. It's not just something you enjoy doing, but it's something you can build up young women to do as well. So that was a lot of fun. And then how I got into Dartmouth was, so Liz was actually my coach my senior year at BU. And so when I was in Minnesota, she'd always come visit and like also like watch all the kids I was coaching. And then I was like, hey, like I want to take this BU job. Like I'm going to go for it. And she was like, actually, like I'm the head coach of Dartmouth. You want to come coach with me? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) So it all worked out, but all, all thanks to Liz and everything. But Oh, that's great. So clearly hockey is in your blood. You, yeah, You knew that after you finished playing, there's no way that you were just going to not continue to have hockey. And I think that's it's always great to hear people's past because, as we know, there's every generation we're continuing to see glass ceilings being shattered. And it's 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 great. There's more not only there's more females playing. That's that's old news. Right. But I think now the process is there's more and more highly qualified female coaches stepping into big roles like you guys have. And I think just the the coach player mentorship and bond too. That's a, that's a great story. Liz was your coach at BU and you know what a great person and she's been able to mentor so many people. And that's also very important, right? I mean, clearly, right? I mean, that's what she was able to do to you. And whether you guys realize it or not, that's what you're also doing to a lot of young females that are also now looking up to you guys. Pretty great. We're very fortunate to be where we are right now. And we just want to continue spreading that joy. Because I think a lot of times, like before this, like there weren't a lot of women that had positive experiences in hockey. So then therefore they didn't want to stay in it. And I think this is like the fruition of having more and more positive experiences in the game and then wanting to continue that on. I think it's really great. Absolutely. Yeah. It only, it only makes sense, right? To have things come into full circle like that. And Olivia, with your coaching background, your experience, how did you get into it after you finished playing your college career? Yeah, when I finished at Ohio State, I went back for grad school. So I studied sport management there as a master's program. And during my master's program, I was watching every hockey game I could put on the TV. I think the coaches, some of my coaches over at Ohio State kind of told me that, asked me if I ever thought about doing coaching and if I ever thought about getting into it. And it sort of was always in the back of my mind. And then I think during my year off, it kind of solidified it. Like during grad school, I was coaching at a strength and conditioning facility and helping out with some on ice skill sessions and everything. And I loved it. Like, like Nina said, it's not, it's not work. And so I just really enjoyed it. So I started reaching out to any coach that would answer my email and pick up the phone and just asking them their experience and how they got into it. Cause again, I didn't know much and I wanted to learn. And so I just was picking up the phone and, and bothering a lot of people and asking them just their path and any advice for me and, and how I could get into it. And then I think that sort of is what opened a lot of doors for me down the road is just building the relationships and, and networking with a lot of coaches. And then to, to be here now, Josh was actually one of my calls back then. So I chatted with him a while ago and then things continued to develop. And here I am now. And so I think it was just a great bit. And I'm very, very fortunate to be here working with him. It's been fantastic. That's great. And, and also in your blood, you knew that you absolutely wanted to continue with it after playing. And 
Also great advice. So you are very proactive, it sounds, in the networking process, which is so important. We talked about that, I know, on one of our previous podcasts. And I'd say also, again, great advice that you're giving a lot of young females, you know, that it's success. And if you want something, it's not necessarily just going to happen, right? Like you need to go out and you need to make it happen. And clearly that's what you did. So if you didn't pick up the phone and pound the pavement, work hard like you have your entire life and your career, right? You wouldn't be sitting necessarily where you are at Union Coaching Division One Hockey. Yeah. And you learn a lot from it too. I think it just helps me learn the dynamic of coaching and just how it works, the behind the scenes. Because I think as a player, you see, you show up to practice, everything's done and you go on road trips, everything's done. And so at the Division Three level, when I was at Colby College, I got to wear a lot of different hats and, and just kind of do a little bit of everything, a little bit of the ops planning stuff, a little bit of video, a little obviously on ice coaching and everything. And then being here, I kind of have that background of learning how everything sort of operates. And so from those phone calls too, you get to see the bits and pieces that go into it. And I remember calling some coaches for the first time and I'm asking them and they're like, there's there's so many other things that go into what we do. And so it was great. It was a great learning opportunity. Again, just on the phone with so many talented and, and coaches who have been coaching for years and that I aspire to be like. So it was, it was a great experience and I'd recommend anyone doing that. I think anytime we can connect, like even Nina and I just chatting about our experiences, it's always awesome because she has a different perspective. So do I. So we can kind of just go back and forth to some of the things we go through and learn from each other, too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And how fortunate do you guys feel, really, that it's it's how you're making your career and your living right now. But it's fun, right? It's it's doing what you love. And you know, Nina, when you were younger, when you first started out during that that path, did you ever envision that that would be possible for you? No, I was thinking I was going to be a nurse or something. <laughs> I, I honestly had no clue. And looking back, like. This is the only thing I could see myself doing. And I'm just very fortunate to get the opportunity to do it so young and to also start in a place that has kind of like set me up to succeed. I think not a lot of people my age or our ages that like start in the coaching world, like get a first great opportunity. And it's like someone who's there to support them and to like see them succeed and not just kind of perpetrate kind of like what they felt. And it's the same thing like for us as coaches, like we don't want to, a lot of times we learn from coaches we didn't like right? So we don't want to perpetrate that cycle. And I think too often it does happen. And so I'm very fortunate to start where I was and can't say anything more than that. Yeah. And incredibly impressive with, with both of you that obviously not only are you both coaching at the, the division one level right now and, and so young in your careers, but you know, you're just your whole history. I mean, you both played at big time division one programs. So with your playing careers, Ohio State, BU, and you also really worked your way up the ladder pretty quickly. So some different experiences with coaching. And that's that's pretty impressive, just your, your background. But then just to come up the ladder so quickly. And Olivia, are you able to now go back and mentor and go back and see some of the Bay State Breakers? And because I'm sure they all just love seeing you and hearing your story and, and just being in your presence. I, I love going back to watch them. I think recruiting, it's so fun. You end up back in the rinks that you played in when you were younger and watching the team that you played for. And anytime I can, I can chat with them or just have conversations about their experience or kind of how I went through even the prep school process of figuring out where to go. But I think that's those are the moments that make you really 
enjoy the job more. Of course, there's a lot of moments like that, but I think those small conversations, and I remember even as a player, having young little players come up to you and ask you to take a picture or ask for your advice or what can they do in their next game to score, just little questions like that. You just realize how much those moments can really change someone's experience. I remember certainly for me, like going to games, I, my grandfather used to work at Northeastern. I went to some of the Northeastern hockey games and they gave me a puck like as they were getting on the ice and I still have it. And it's just something that sparked those moments for you. And so I think for us, anytime we can spark those moments and in other young hockey players to get them to really see that this is somewhere that they want to be, this is something that they want to keep doing is, is a great opportunity for us. So any, any chance I get to talk to them and, and be back around there is, is awesome. That's great. And uh, Nina, do you ever have the opportunity to go back to Minnesota or some of your old stomping grounds to just check in and, and revisit some of the places that you grew up playing? Yeah, I think I get to go back a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> recruiting, oh, no, right? The, the grind of yeah. recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, recruiting. I and mean, it's a really cool, like the last 23 and 24 class was kind of like my hub area for where I was coaching back before I got this job. And it's really, really awesome to see them still see like that joy that I sparked for them, like during those moments. I love how they've said that. And like seeing that like come to fruition every single time I see them, like they're always like, Nina, like it's like I'm not, I don't have this D on my chest right here. And, and it, it, nothing's better than having that feeling. So it's a lot of fun going back and seeing them like progress and like, hey, like keep going. Like sometimes I like take the Dartman hat, not physically off, but like I take that hat because I'm just enjoying like their joy. And there's nothing more like fulfilling than seeing them do that. And she's spot on with that, too. I think I remember <laughs> NIT and she's like a celebrity to all of them. They're walking by yelling her name, saying hi. So it's not she's not just saying this. I was there like saying really, really look up to her. And I think it was awesome for me to see and be there. But like just really made her mark with some of them. And you can see it when when she walks around the ring. They they really admire her. So it's awesome. Oh, that's Thanks, great. Liv. Great. Well, we'll have to get your, your autographs after the show for sure. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M dot com. You can learn to skate fast. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Yandel, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978 807 4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978 807 4070. 
Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to bando-performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code BANDO30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's bando-performance.com with the code BANDO30OFF and see your performance improve immediately. Getting back to too, just again, very successful in your careers. And, and as we said, with both of you, clearly just very driven people and have succeeded in a lot of things in your, in your life. And you're just simply just doing what you've always done. And again, work hard and loving the sport that you're in and the field that you're in. And has it really set in yet that the both of you have been able to embark on history? And that's, again, becoming the first Black females to coach in Division One. Olivia, has that set in yet? Or is it still you're just focused on the, the, the task at hand? I think after we played each other when we were here, I think it sort of started to set in. I think you look across the bench and kind of look at each other. Obviously, we're focused on the game and, and doing our thing, but you kind of look across and you see each other. And then even just reading some of the articles after, I think you see it in writing. And for me, certainly, it kind of just was a great moment to to really recognize that. And I think a great opportunity for us, again, like Nina said, we just get to do what we love, but use our platform to grow the game. And so I think it takes time, like moments, there's certain moments where it sets in more and more, but it's just, it's awesome. And I think I want, we want to continue to push to use our platform and any chance we have to speak about our experiences and whether it's uncomfortable and, and sometimes it's not obviously the best conversations to have, but pushing out of our comfort zone a bit and, and telling our story. And of course, it's just some stories that we have and there's so many and there's so many players that are going through certain things. But if we can have an impact here or there, definitely want to. And Nina, has that been similar to you? Have you had a chance to let it sink in yet? Yeah, I mean, it still doesn't feel real. I think it's pretty surreal that it is like it is us too, right? Because there were plenty of black female players that came before us. And it just like goes back to like the positive experiences and just like what we choose to do with our lives, right? Like Blake Bolin was someone who I got to know a little once I was in college, just knew of her. But like she's doing amazing things for the sport too. She just happens to not be a college coach. You know what I mean? Like so there's plenty of players like that that just came before us that just didn't get there. And it could be because like they're not always having positive experiences. So I think it's it's humbling to kind of be where we are now and the fact that it's taken so long. To an extent, like Andrew James, like is in PHF, but like she could have been in D1. So I think it's, we always got to look back to that. And I think it's really awesome that like we happen to be the first, but hopefully we're not the last. And we just keep building, building the game and just understanding like everyone who plays in sport belongs, no matter what they look like, no matter their sexual orientation or anything like that. And I think just keep pushing that envelope and just keep creating that space for them to feel comfortable and to, you know, feel like they belong in a sport no matter what. 
Absolutely. And there always, there has to be somebody that's going to do something for the first time. So why not both of you? And, and clearly just such wonderful inspirations to, to so many young people. Again, I'm sure you don't even maybe realize it yet, but that are going to listen to the show or going to go to one of your hockey games and see you on the bench. And uh, anything is possible at that point. When you see it, you, you really start to believe. So growing up, did you, you mentioned Angela James, and of course she's a legend from back in the day. Did you have people like that when you were younger that you looked up to? I can. I feel like, I feel like watching hockey growing up, like watching most of when we were, well, at least when I was watching hockey, it was a lot of NHL and then college hockey. And so in the NHL, I was finding any player that looked like me to to watch. And so at the time, it was like Evander Kane and and Wayne Simmons, and so many other players in the NHL just at that point that I could look to and be like, oh, they look like me. And then as I got older in high school, watching the women's game and seeing Blake Bolden play and and Kelsey Colster and, and all those great athletes and just kind of watching them. But definitely you have to, it was work to find certain players like that. Definitely harder than some other people, but it was, it was great just to have different players to look up to and kind of look up their experiences. And then you see them in rinks when you're older or you're competing against them. And certainly I knew who Nina was before I met her. And I think I talked in, in something yesterday, but just I knew I knew when she got hired and the first time I went recruiting, I saw her standing, taking notes and I went right up and interrupted her work and introduced myself because I think she was someone I knew and I knew she was getting into college coaching. I knew she just started at Dartmouth and as someone I looked up to too. I wanted to be right there next to her and, and here we are. But for the moment, like when I met her, it was something I knew I wanted to introduce myself because I wanted to be surrounded. By someone like her so it was a great experience and definitely a lot of people to look up to over time and a lot of people who kind of paved the way bit by bit for us as well oh, that's great yeah a couple pioneers here and wonderful to see such great friends too away from from coaching and competing against each other as well now nina did you have anyone that you looked up to similar to olivia when you were growing up yeah i mean i did the similar thing of kind of looking to the nhl and like looking back i didn't realize why jerome mcginler was my favorite player but like he was, and it was pretty crazy. But like, I didn't, it was hearing, sorry, learning more about Angela James. I'm sad I didn't know of her growing up. Like I, I didn't have any young black female to look to until I was in California and it was Kalia Johnson who ended up playing at BC with Blake Bolden. But like, I never stepped foot on the ice or like played on a game or on a team with anyone who was another young black female. And then Kalia Johnson played for the older team. She was two years older than me and then went to BC. But like, we were the same age, you know, if that makes any sense. So it was like, it was really cool to be on the ice with her and everything. But it was also like, part of the culture was like, we're going to compete against each other and not be friends. And it's like too often, like that did happen when I was younger. It was like, played on the boys team. And the other team had a girl. It was like, oh, you're the better girl. Like, why can't we just both be awesome, right? So that same thing with Leah, I mean, we grew to become friends and everything like that. But it wasn't until like college where like Blake Bolden was then making the national teams and everything like that. But again, I was playing against Blake too. And so like looking, looking up to her, yes. And especially now, like just how she carries herself and everything like that. But it was pretty, it's pretty surreal to now be who I needed in a way because they were so similar to my age. And so, like, it was like we were doing this together. Yes. But then I was like, I am now like who I needed to be. And so, like, going back to Minnesota or staying out here and like doing things that like 
is to opening up the doors for people who look like us is really great. And like recognizing like, hey, I and we are both being like who we needed growing up. And there's nothing like that. But Jerome Gilmore, he's a goat. Oh, he, he was my favorite. I loved I loved watching yeah. him grow up. So good. I think <laughs> still one of my favorite all time players. Just so awesome to see. And his daughter was really good. She's uh, committed. She's going to Brown if she's not already there. Yeah, but... she's at Brown right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, again, wonderful. Back to you got us to, to really believe it. And, and again, both of you just getting started as well, I'm sure, in your careers. And you still have so much more that we're going to see out of, out of both of you, I'm sure. And I know I just want to be mindful. I know as, again, you're in season, Olivia, I know you have to jump on the ice soon. And maybe just before you go, I want to finish with one more thing. And having two experts on the show like yourselves, we have a great young audience and also a great opportunity for them to get some advice and learn from both of you. And I think now that it's mid-January and not joking when we say recruiting season is just around the corner. I know it seems early, but you know, it really is, right? We come up to the off season and it's it's a it's a prime time for our 16s and 19s as they're about to engage on important showcases and off-season training and stuff like that. And Olivia, what are maybe just some tips or advice that you would give to if you could turn the clock back to future upcoming high school player like yourself who's about to engage with the college process, who, who's in the process of trying to get recruited? What would be some of the tips that you would give them? Definitely just do the work. And I mean that in so many ways. I think do the work and researching what you want out of your experience. I think learning what you want to study, what environment you want, maybe what league you want to be in, just educating yourself on what there is out there. And I think you don't know until you start to learn about it. So just really doing the work and and looking at what you want out of your college experience and then do the work just in every facet of the game. Enjoy the process. Enjoy learning. Be very coachable. Just enjoy that process as you go through it. And I think I tell some of the athletes going through the process so much to, to enjoy it. It gets stressful and it seems tedious at the time, but it's something that you'll look back on and remember for all the good parts out of it, where you traveled and all the things you got to do. So enjoy the process. Do the work. Do your research behind the scenes, see what what you want to be involved in, what programs you want to be involved in, that environment, that team environment, culture, everything is so important. So do the work there and then enjoy the process. Love it, like be around, enjoy learning, enjoy growing, and and it'll all work out. I think it's 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 such a it's such a unique process. Looking back on mine, like loved it. It's obviously stressful at times and talking to your parents and and looking at a bunch of different things, but it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity, a lot to learn from it as well. Well, that's great advice. And again, clearly someone who has ended up being very successful with that process. So we certainly thank you very much for sharing your perspective on things. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to join us today as well. I know with a, a busy schedule and in the middle of a season. No, thank you for, ha- thank you for having me. This has been great. And what's, what would be some of the tips that you would give? So what do you, with the showcases and such, like, do you think it's necessary to do every showcase, to skate every weekend? What are your, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like sometimes they get burnt out, right? Like as a kid, like I loved hockey and I'd be on the ice all the time, but it was also like, what are you doing when you're out there? Are you being productive? And I think sometimes too often, like with all of the showcases, it's, it's not productive because you're not consistent there. And like be, by you doing every showcase, it takes away from you're training off the ice or just you enjoying your time, right? And I think the biggest thing is like when you're on the ice, like 
own it, be there a hundred percent. Don't be wishing you were somewhere somewhere else. Be willing to put in that work, like Liv was saying, but like tr- try to be consistent no matter where you are, no matter who you're playing with. I think that's a big thing. And then no matter who you're playing against and where, like all the conditions, because everyone's there dealing with the same conditions and like just be consistent with your play. And then also like just know that you are value valuable. Like when you're talking to coaches, like you have worth too. It's not only about what they want, it's about what you want. And like, don't push yourself to like make the wrong decision or anything. Like take your time. And all those showcases, like eat, like everyone's got everything to bring because like they're their true selves and like don't ever forget that. Yeah. And how, how important is it, do you think, to you guys that young student athletes are able to advocate for themselves and talk to you, both of you, as, as you're recruiting them, speak with adults and be able to engage in a conversation like how how important is that and the reason I ask is just because I think sometimes you see a little bit too much parental involvement and particularly at the recruiting age you're you're certainly recruiting the student athlete not 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 the not the parents right and I think it's important that they are able to engage well and and fit into your culture at your program yeah I mean I'd say like it's all about the kid like they're the ones gonna have their experience at college and your parents like know you, yes, and want the best for you, yes, but also like make sure you're in your own brain thinking and racking your stuff and like making your positive and negatives columns. Like it's about like what you want and what you are willing to put in for that. And yes, your parents can help you, but like we, I, I personally want to talk to you, the kid, and then get to know your parents, yes, but like it's all about like that relationship because like once you're here that it is that's what it's about is like our relationship between you and I and it's not much about your parents your parents are there they want to see your joy but it's all about like your relationship with your coach and like how you conduct yourself and everything like that for sure yeah it's important right because I mean as you're we're seeing just more and more talented player in the field getting deeper and, and more talented you almost really need to have the full package right these days so it's important that Obviously, not only a kid can fit in from a talent perspective, right, but they have to fit into the culture that you've created at Dartmouth, right? They have to fit in with with the team and and everything that you guys have created there. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and the last question, actually, so it just it gets back to kind of I think you talking a little bit about your your upbringing. Such an, a great opportunity that someone like yourself has played in so many different areas of the country, like Minnesota and here and you must bring a different perspective than, say, people who have only seen hockey in New England and, and, and et cetera. And you must see a huge difference in the high school scene in Minnesota compared to Massachusetts now. And I'm sure you have some thoughts on that if you're willing to share with us a little bit on the show. Yeah, I think my perspective is that it's because it's so wide, I think I can open the eyes of a lot of others and be like be like this is it like you think it's hard yes but like everyone has their own starting point and I think with my perspective not only being a young black female but also playing out of California Minnesota and then also playing out east is you learn people have different starting points right and so no matter what everyone goes through their own types of adversity but like kind of like coming back to oneself and be like be like my starting point was above somebody else's starting point and I think with my perspective I've been able to been be a part of different things and understand like, hey, I had a different starting point coming out of California. Oh, like I have a way quicker chance or a better chance for coming from Minnesota, like to make the national teams and everything like that, or just like to get looks or have more people come and watch. And I think recognizing that and then also like taking everything I've learned to like the next level and 
like understanding that everywhere I stand or every every room I walk into, that's a privilege. And I think too often, like no matter where you come from, that's not always in the back of our minds. And I think I hope I can continue like pushing that boundary and having people become more aware of like their own privilege when it comes to hockey and like where their starting point is. Oh, that's that's great advice. And clearly throughout your career, you never reached a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to stop working, right? Like you just always had that sort of drive and hungry mentality, right? That you just, you never stop working. You got to, no matter how good you think you are, you got to constantly work harder to get better. You have to. Somebody coming right behind you, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I think what's best, the best thing about our game is that you can always be better at something like skating. Okay. If you are a great skater, okay. Work on your hands, work on your shot. Okay. If you have your hands, you have your shot. Like myself, like I always had to work on skating. Like that's something I had to be consistent with. And like, that doesn't take away from my work from somewhere else. So like every, like this game is awesome because there's always something we can be better at. There sure is. There sure is. And that's, that's great advice. Again, coming from very successful college coach, division one level, and a very successful former player who played at Boston University and professional as well. And Nina, I think this has been just a, a wonderful show and just very enlightening, just obviously listening to your background and Olivia's and just how much, uh, experience and advice that you brought to our audience listening today. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us both. It's been a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. And of course, right in the middle of your season, who do you guys have coming up this this week on deck? Funny enough, we have Union RPI. So me and Liv are going to be throwing some bowls. So <laughs> Wow, that's that's awesome. We didn't even plan yeah. that. That's what we'll have to do. Maybe a special feature on that for sure. We'll have to keep a close eye and you guys did a good job not throwing any jabs in throughout the show on that. <laughs> but of course, Olivia had to jump off a little bit early, right? To jump on the yeah. ice. So she didn't get yeah, a chance. She didn't want the smoke. Yeah, she didn't want the smoke. Yeah, I'm sure she would have. She didn't have a chance to get a jab in there. But but again, we obviously wish you nothing but the best. And we'll certainly be watching this weekend. And I have a feeling that we're we're just seeing the start of a very young and very successful career. And just remarkable of, of what you both have been able to do so far. And the girls game certainly thanks you for, for advancing it and pushing it further. Thank you. And I really appreciate you guys are doing a wonderful job as well. So do it together. <laughs> and that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. Our podcast is produced by David Yaz. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at any hockey journal and subscribe online at newenglandhockeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens media production. Oh,